0: What's up, y'all? We back. Another episode of No Pump Fakes. And we got another special guest on the show. We got Charles Oakley on the show. What's going on, man?
1: Man, just trying to get this book out, man. You know, The Last Enforcer. Gotta let them know I'm out here.
0: Of course, of course. So talk to us uh, a little bit about that. Obviously, your book called uh, The Last Enforcer. So give us a little bit about it.
1: Well, you know, uh, it's a book, you know, my life, uh, you know, Growing up with my grandparents, my mother, our grandmother, grandfather and all of my uncles and aunts and, you know, um, just just the huff and buff every day. Watching them grow as a kid and getting that therapy for his toughness and, you know, the knowing, looking at them and seeing life is not easy. Uh, it's, a, it's a stress you have to go through to grow up. And, you know, I follow my grandfather for stuff as being tough and. Strong minded and just the book just got a lot of conversation and uh, stuff in the NBA, stuff I've been through with other people. Uh, just good stories and it's a good read.
2: What inspired you to, to write the book?
1: Um, you know, over the years, then being in New York, being on the back page and being on podcasts, telling my stories, all, everybody getting my content. So I thought my way to put it to use and so let me do it myself.
0: Yeah and you talked about the mental hurdles right that you kind of dealt with a little bit off the court but how do you think you kind of carry that with you in your play on the court
1: Um I mean good good question uh it's just um in this book I just I'm, I'm giving it to you I mean anything you would think that you want to know from the 80s and 90s uh, uh about me uh just in general uh, how do someone come from uh inner city and and, and make it and, you know, and come back and put people on their back and show love. And that's what I did.
2: Now, everybody I, talks about like the, go ahead, This. No, I was just going to say,
0: um, so I'm going to say, if you're okay, two titles of the chapters, right? Obviously, I'm not going to give anything away, of course, what's inside the book. So the first one being Knocking Out a Jackass and the last chapter being The Blood of a Legend, right? So two, two heavy titles for a chapter. So what do those kind of uh, mean to you?
1: Well, the first one, you know, talking about someone playing in the league, uh, they call them a the a rebound. I call them a round a, bu- a buffet. But, uh, you know, you can talk about <laughs> Michael Jordan and LeBron back and forth and, you know, like a Q&A and people want I always, com- you know, com- compare them to who the Best, and out this and that. Kobe's, you know, sometime. Who the Goat. And it's just it's just a good read. And and a lot of things I say, you know, people might like, might not like. But when you can just have them in your book in a positive way, it's, it's a great thing.
2: Now, you started your career with the Chicago Bulls. Can you talk about your relationship with Michael Jordan?
1: Uh, so in the book, you know, I went to a history of black college, you know, Virginia Union. Uh, came, you know, I came out in 85 8 I went I went there in eighty one, you know, came out, you know, eighty-five you know, the draft. Um, they had no intention that I was gonna be in a space that um uh, after my four years in college, I was gonna get drafted and then get drafted to a, a place when you get to meet a guy, Michael Jordan, turned out to be the goal of basketball. I mean, it's like uh something you can dream and never think like, wow, it came true. But I uh, know he's a great guy. Um, I'm glad I had a chance to play with him and play against him, travel with him, just be in his corner, be in his space to see how you operate, uh, just like a doctor in an emergency room. That's how you operate. You he, he get the job done.
0: Yeah. Now, obviously, oh, you know, you attended an HBCU and made it to the league afterwards. But what advice would you have to younger HBCU players that had that same dream?
1: Well, I mean, you can dream, always dream, uh, have three or four things because you don't know which one going to work out. I didn't know. This wasn't my dream to be in the NBA. It just – my dream was just leave Cleveland and um, come back with something positive. And I only came back home one time in four years. So it wasn't about being in Cleveland because, it was you know, the streets were bad. All my friends going to jail, getting 10-, 20-year life. And um, I didn't want to come back to that. But when I came back, you know, unfortunately – I got a chance to get drafted, and you know, like I said, get to the NBA and and make my life better, my you know people around me better, my parents better. Um, it was you know that's how that's how I looked at it. It's a great opportunity. Once you get there, you got to stay there, and that's what I did. I stayed eighteen years.
2: How hard is it to stay in the league? A lot of people get there, but it's yeah. very hard to stay in the NBA.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, so. I think is first of all, you got to be willing to listen, learn, um, work happy. You gotta be great. Um, they're going to try you, they're going to test you. Um, you gotta be humble. Um, but you gotta let them know that I can do all them things, but I'm not gonna let you run up, run me over. And I ran into that role before that they, they'll make you out a whooping boy and you got to stand up for yourself. And that's why I learned from my grandfather. If you believe in something, you stand up for it. And, um, uh,
0: and so, Charles, what's one thing that you want people to get out of your book? Right, like What's, I guess, one lesson that you feel like people should definitely take away after reading it?
1: Um, I mean, everybody said I was, you know, in the book, you can read, but I was tough on the court. But um, it's a tough-minded game. It's, life is tough-minded. And I think some people grow up, up different ways. But I know when I had to grow up, you had to be tough-minded. But in this book, in my book, just the consistency, what I'm talking about, how that? How I made it through the ups and downs I had to go through, and just my life, you know, just being a strong mind and just being real with everybody. Be you know, in the stories in the book, and when you read the book, it's like you can't put it down because I'm consistent with the story, with my journey, and everything in the book.
2: This is Black History Month. Can you talk about some of the, like the trials and tribulations you kind of face growing up in your community, but also growing up like during that time in the NBA?
1: Uh, you know. I mean, good question. Um, you know, Black History Month, you know, we have a lot. I mean, it just, there's so many people came, you know, before you, know, you, me, and led ways and fought for rights, um, make it better for us. Um, you know, I know my family from the South, and I think when, when King got assassinated, I was, you know, and I was in Alabama, and, and I just, you know, trying to remember my grandparents and when it was. Uh, I mean, they just—it was just wow, you know, like the the fight, you know, they, they was putting up. But we, we fight and we, we lose our life for nothing. But we lose like George Floyd. He lost his life for nothing. But we got something out of it, you know. We we, we um, it touched a lot of people in all different races and. They, you know, he brought people together, and you know what I'm saying. People had lost their life, and and we out here fighting one another, you know, you know for no reason. And then when something happened, we now we rallied around one another. Now that's the most important thing I see and grow over the years. We trying to fight the situation, not just the family who were involved. We trying to come and get them energy and strength to fight the court system, the people who, you know out here in the streets. It's, it's a lot of stuff out here that it would probably never get everything right, but as long as we can see a change is, is going, that's the most important thing. We need this, it's a change. George Floyd made a change, and we see in the Arbor case and other cases been going, we win it. We've been winning the cases in the court in the last four important cases. So I just see that we got to keep winning and hope the crime and all this, you know, previous stuff, go out the window everybody, you know, deserve, if you're fighting for something, to give everybody a fair chance to fight for it, you know, like in the Marine, a boxing match, a uh, football game, you know, just don't say, you know, I'm not qualified. Uh, this person, you know, play the race game. So we still got a long ways to go, but we can see some changes.
0: And, and lately we've been seeing a bunch of professional athletes use their voice to speak on issues like this. Um, but moving forward how do you feel that overall whether it be younger players or overall veterans um should kind of deal with this and overall use their platform
1: well you know i i, I really take my you know my hat off to uh the, the young lady uh, the soccer um the tennis uh, what's the young lady name So she was really depressed and they got mad because she she said she couldn't go on in the match but they, they don't believe us. They, they You know, when we say something's wrong with us, but when something's wrong with them, they want us to believe them. So, um, you know, like so, we just, just got to keep – realize what's – you know, what's the big thing at the end of the day is staying together, staying on court, keep fighting. And, you know, like LeBron I always speak up, a lot of his guys. And, you know, LeBron's one of the guys, like when Jim Brown, when Ali – Bill Russell, and all them back in the old, in the old day, they spoke up. You know, probably you know, probably they ain't up for basketball. I probably wouldn't be in it where I'm at today. So we got to get more athletes, more corporate people to open up doors and give everybody the opportunity. You know, let them have their own platform. And,
0: and do you feel though that in situations like that, basketball was an escape for you, right? Like it, it, that was uh, your your safe haven, if you will.
1: Well, I mean. I mean, I still had to go through it, you know, even though I was on the basketball team, uh, it was still happening, you know. So, uh, I mean, maybe it kept me out the streets more because more in the street, more can happen. So more I'm in the classroom and dormitory and, and is less can happen. So uh, it, even though I was playing ball or whatever, it's, it's still there. And, you know, sometimes, you know, um, you just got to, you know, when you see it, try to help it, you know, like I said, it's going to be there. It's just uh, which way do you go with it? I mean, they don't want us to voice our opinion because our opinion, they figure we, we should uh, be happy to just to be here. No, we shouldn't. We should. If you voice your opinion, we should be able to voice our opinion in an equal way to me.
2: That's very important you said that because it just seems like so many times people forget that just because you make it to a certain level in life, success, NBA, right. that you're still not, Human that you're still not African American male, African American woman, or a minority and stuff like that. So I think that's very important that you said that.
0: Yeah, and, and I and I agree too. Um, and just the idea that like you're also an athlete, um, mm-hmm. and obviously you weren't a person that was afraid to kind of, you know, be who you were. So right. um, what is it? And also too, right, playing um, in big city like New York, um, did you ever feel? Um, not necessarily just pressure, but just the idea of always having to be at a high level, always having to perform at a high level, always having to carry yourself in a different manner.
1: Um, I mean, that was, that was my walk of life, uh, respect and carry myself. You know, I think for us, like my thing, I'm a dresser, right? And um, when I was growing up, like, you know, Cleveland or whatever I was at, and I was around people, I hear people talk about, if you're out after six o'clock and you're going to establish, you always have a jacket on or look presentable. Cause a lot of people judge you, you got tennis shoes on, a hoodie. Or, I mean, you know, dress like, you know, like you said, we thugs. So I try not to give them a chance to, to question me who I am. As long as I see, you see a man dressed nice, could be a business. I could be a business guy or whatever, um, but we shouldn't be stereotyped, but that's how we have to, you know, that's how we can, we fight life. I mean, I mean, just like uh, when uh, Tremont, uh in Florida got killed, um, you know he had a hoodie on. I mean, he wasn't doing nothing, but they think somebody with a hoodie on at nighttime or this and that. That's why I don't wear hoodies. Um, that's you know I probably never see me in a hoodie because I you know because it's like a strike of cancer because they always feel like you know we do up to, up to no good or you know. You know, it's okay for them to wear a hoodie, but we have, we, we we up to something bad, up to some, you know, doing something bad because we got hoodies on. But it's just crazy how they stereotype people these days. But if you're in Hollywood with a hoodie on, it's okay because you're around money. But when you're in the, in the city with a hoodie on, you got to be a drug dealer, you got to be this and that. So it's just crazy.
2: Switch gears for a second. I know that everybody kind of talks about in the NBA having like physical tough, toughness when you play. But can you also talk about the mental aspect of the game?
1: Uh, it's definitely – I mean, it can get to you. Um, and I see that – and you see in the last 20 years, the game had changed, evolving to three-point shooting. Uh, the NBA and the guys and got more, you know, say-so in the league. So, I think that, you know, for them to get more say-so, it's a sense of the league right now and. A lot of stuff come up. you like, why this, why that? But, you know, the players got more control now. And, I mean, I just use it for your van. and use it to make someone else, when they come up, build, build build a bridge for someone else to cross besides you too, you know? So, it's it's just a – in basketball, just a different game. It's, you know, there's a lot of trades today and players – I mean, trading one player for another player, uh, one player for four players uh, – and the talent is not there. I don't know what they see in trades. It's just a lot of bad trades, <laughs> to me.
2: How do you feel overall? Oh, yeah. how, how, yeah. Yeah. how do you feel, <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> how do you feel how do you feel about the player movement in today's game? Like you kind of just touched on it a little bit, but like we just saw recently, James Harden just got traded after he really wanted to go to the Brooklyn Nets the following year. So how do you feel yeah. about that?
1: Well, he wanted to go to Brooklyn. Now he in Philly. I, I don't know. I mean. You know, you, when you talk about these guys, I mean, yeah, we, uh, you know, they hate to say the veteran. We always talking about them. And they says they turn, but it's just the principle. The principle is left out the window for us basketball. It's just, it's just they just happy go lucky guys, and can't say nothing to them, and they don't want to, you know, just they don't want to learn. And everybody said they want to win, but they don't want to sacrifice. You, you got to sacrifice to win, you know. You know what LeBron going through in LA right now? Yeah, he sacrificed, but. Guys, not just you know, ain't, you know, LeBron used to win with just him and the, for anybody, four WNBA girls, whatever. now it changed. You can hold and guys, not good as they think they said they are. You know, so it's it's just a tough league. You know, you still got to be. My thing is, whatever you do in life, you still got to be disciplined. You got to be together. You got to have a leader. And you know, Chris Paul went to Phoenix and changed the whole net, whole, whole narrative of the team because he's a leader. He's a real leader. And you don't have maybe about four or five real leaders in the league. And you can see, like, Yanni's, and, Yannis and, uh the Greek freak in Milwaukee. What he did last year, he put the team on his back. I mean, a man can't make a jump shot or shoot a three, but he get 50 points. I mean, 40 points. I mean, so, you know, just one of them things.
0: Yeah. And, and how do you feel, too, about loyalty, but at the same time, players being able to control their own destiny? So, like, a player deciding to stay with the franchise forever or... Them being able to make the decision to leave through free agency or whatever the case may be?
1: Um, I think when it's like control their destiny and this and that, if you're a free agent, you can control it. But if you got a contract like AD had, James Harden, I think that's disrespectful. You know, you disrespect the team because they went out the way to get you this contract, play it out. You know, these guys signing the contract, five year deal, $275 million, but after three years, they want to go somewhere else. Play the contract out, LeBron played out. They can never say LeBron has to be traded. Every time he left, he was a free agent. He, he, didn't, he didn't sign the five year deal, he signed a three year deal. So that was smart. You know, some people want the guaranteed money. I mean, you get all the guaranteed, but I'm saying they want the long term guaranteed stuff, the short term. So LeBron had a vision that, you know, why lock myself in? You know, it's some he might buy a CD, it's like buying a CD. And no, you can't get out. They charge a penalty. So he didn't, he didn't sign the five years. He signed the three. So when he's in Cleveland, Cleveland should have known that when you offer man one hundred fifty million dollars for five years, and he only take uh, what a, a, a third, you know, three fourth of it. You should know that he had option coming after that contract was up. And everybody would not blame him for how he did it. And it's so embarrassing that we can't do stuff the way I want. We they won't. We can't do the same way we want to, but they can trade you at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning on their turn. It's just, you know, it's crazy.
2: So isn't that why you think, I mean, that's, I think that's why some players are kind of like getting their money and trying to get out, especially if they feel like, yo, this organization is not putting me in the right position to win. Like when you look, you talked about the Phoenix Suns, and you talked about how Chris Ball came and kind of changed the entire franchise around with his leadership. But at the same time, it was people talking about how, Devin Booker was putting up empty stats, how Devin Booker wasn't great and stuff like that. So it kind of seems like it's a lose lose situation in a way for certain players compared to others.
1: Uh, I mean, Devin Booker has been doing what he's been doing since he's been in the league, but they like certain guys. I mean, I can tell you a story when Jim Jackson was in the league with Dallas, he averaged 29 points and then he made the all star team. And Booker, you know, the last two or three years, he got the numbers, the team, this and that, but they every year they knock into a reserve or on the bench. So he's a, he's a bright guy. He, he, he don't play into that. All he do is care about his team winning. And they, my favorite to win the championship this year. Cause Chris Paul is showing that he keeping himself together. I and mean, they had a couple of pieces. So money, we, doing a great job coaching. So long, they get the lead with Chris Paul and, you know, what they doing. They know what they got to do and they got better. And so that's the most important thing. Now, Milwaukee got better too. They had a couple of pieces. So be, yeah. Milwaukee improved a lot with the, even with the trade, with Ibaka. They, um So and Porter always been like underrated because I think he's the key to their team. You know.
0: How do you feel too about chemistry, right? And just the idea of like when you obviously put talent on the floor, you might think it works out. But right. is chemistry an underrated or underappreciated piece of the game?
1: Well, great question because that's what no LA going through right now. You, I mean, yeah, hey, I, I wasn't going to say a team,
0: but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. LA going through it right now with LeBron, AD, and da da da. This guy, that guy, they got four Hall of Famers on the team, and they four or five games under five hundred. But you got to have chemistry. See, these guys, all they got all guys on the team that need the ball. In, in, in any any game any shape or form you need role players and i think that's out the window unless you gotta you know i thought leBron could self-will self-will them guys to you know buy into what you know let them be the dictator this and that but it's just something ain't something's wrong with that team i thought they would be together you know it's 55 60 game in the season and they're struggling like they were the first 10 10 game of the season and i don't know man i just feel bad for him i was saying he need to get out of there you know, go to uh, Phoenix, uh, Philly, but they didn't make no move. He got cool. to get out of there. <laughs> well,
2: like, he, he who? He who? Le- LeBron? LeBron. You yeah. think LeBron should leave the Lakers?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not getting no better. They got no, they like, no cap space, no picks, no room for free. Ain't no, ain't no. So you got to be like the Greek free. You got to have somebody going down here. I mean, Philly improved itself. If it be good in the post, Philly would be the best team in basketball, but he want to shoot jump shot, three pointers. So,
0: <laughs> what's what's yep. wrong with that though
1: uh, yes, what's wrong with it if you shooting yeah. three want the, the guards a rebound you ain't playing with Westbrook get triple double you playing with, you know let the guards shoot outside I mean ain't nothing wrong with it it's mm. a new it's a new way of basketball but if you want to come out you want to win a championship that's what I'm talking about chemistry you got to be inside. They, they got the double teams, so when you pass the ball out, somebody open. That's, you, they give your team better chance to make shots when they open, not always guarding. Do
2: you think he would be more willing to get inside since he has a elite perimeter perimeter player in James Harden now?
1: I don't know what these guys I, – I don't even try to think because I see so much wrong, so who knows what these guys think, guys think about. No, he'd probably still be outside right beside James. They're going to run <laughs> pick and roll, so he's going to – he going to flare, instead of roll to the basket. Ain't nobody uh, going to the front? He like a runaway fight train. <laughs> if he rolls to the basket, everybody going to just move out the way. Because he's going to much bigger than everybody.
2: High pick and roll. I think it's just kind of like the game is so modern now with these bigs. Like it's not like the traditional bigs back when you kind of played with like, you know, Shaq and stuff like that,
1: being yeah, in the well, post-dominated. You know, I mean, it's always going to be one that's standing out. He's standing out like Shaq, but Cleveland got to be seven quarters on the floor. Milwaukee got to be seven quarters on the floor. I mean, yeah. so that's why – that's why Milwaukee beat Portland last – I mean, uh, uh, Phoenix. They yeah. played Lo, Lopez, Porter, and the Greek freak. I mean, same thing with Cleveland doing this year. I mean, so I think, I think the game going back to tradition, you know, in and out, big guy in the post. But we got to – when Curry didn't get to leave, probably definitely going to go back. Those guys can't shoot like them guys. And they struggle struggling shooting right now. So – yeah, You you got to, you know, I think Golden State look good right now, but when the playoff comes, you play the same team seven times, uh, you know, they can play a zone. They can just double-team your best player, make somebody else beat you. Yeah, I don't also, know.
2: Also, Draymond's been out too.
1: Yeah, well. He's not handsome and healthy. Barkley, kid, Draymond triple-double is 8-7-7.
2: He does his role,
0: you know. He does he does his role, right? I, I mean, that.
1: I that's my man Drake. But I'm just saying, bro, I'm yeah. gonna talk to you, bro. That's why I smacked his ass. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> um but my man Ahmad, he he likes to use this term, uh, media darlings, right? And basically, some players are given passes, if you will, right? If they have bad games, there's always a reason. But there's some players who, if they play bad, it's their fault. They're the reason why. So, what's your thought on like certain players um, receiving either more attention or not the same amount of energy when they don't play up to their um, the way that they can?
1: Well, if you see what people—they always blame LeBron whenever team his team lose. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just crazy. And you watch football with Skip Bailey. You know, if if Tampa Bay lose, he blame everybody except Tom Brady. But uh, I mean, it's just—I it's, it's, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, these guys, like I say. You know they got freedom to take many shots. They won't, but I mean, when Jane Harden was in Houston, you know he he, he threw the ball, threw the ball in Brooklyn. I think last year in Brooklyn they could have won. I think he shouldn't have came back to try to play. Some people can't play hurt, like Baker Mayfield trying to play hurt this year in football. You barely playing when you ain't hurt. Some people can't because you you got to throw the ball, you got to read defense, you got to roll out. And then you heard, especially you—you know, James ain't really the quickest point guard, beat you up the dribble, this and that. So you all about trying to use your your self will, but sometimes self will can't get it done. You got to be physical ready to get it done. Like now, he come back out of shape, and then look good. He looked bad all year. I mean, so mm-hmm. we got to wait and see what he do with Philly. But I mean, some guys should take the blame, you know, because you making fifty million dollars, everybody else making 15, 10 So. When you sign a contract, and you know that you sign a max, a super max, it's it's on you to make your team go. I ain't saying so you got to win, you got to be the high scoring point every game, but you got to keep them up, 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 um, up, engaged every game. Every you know, like you you got to be the coach on the floor.
0: And so, too, going off that, right? How do you think today's players would match up? With the playing style back in the '80s and '90s,
1: uh, I said about twenty percent probably can play back in the '80s and '90s because it, it was all about it was all about tough. And you and cry, they give you some cookies and milk, and then you still got to go out and play. I mean, my finger jam, I pulled on, I mean, they played hurt back then. They didn't sit out two or three months and and then come back when they want to. Then they start getting most of the time back in the old days. You get hurt, ninety percent of the time you lose your job. Hmm. That's how it was. So uh, why, just was, why do you feel, why, why was that? It just the next guy just as good as the guy on the floor, mm-hmm. and they you know they was hungry. I mean, so the, so practice every day was you know real high level, and you know you it, just like Michael Jordan, may I don't know he's probably always what he was, but when Bulls when I got to Chicago, Pete Myers used to push him every day. Uh, a few other guys, they, they, I mean, they got into him. You know, they go, they go at him. So that's how I was. I mean, I ain't saying people is going to take his job, but the way you no. practice, the, way, the, way, the way he practice against them guys, really prepared them for the game. You know, sometimes people have practice; they don't get you ready for the game. But practice in the older days got you ready for the game.
2: You said you you felt like twenty percent. So I want to ask you: What NBA superstars in today's game do you think will have to adjust their game the most? If they played back in the 90s and
1: the 80s? Just about all of them. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, that's a KD. Oh, you know, he can shoot over anybody's net, but back then you can hand check. Uh, LeBron, everybody LeBron LeBron's side. Everybody's 6'9, 6'10, 250. So the lane wasn't going to clear up. Um, you know, LeBron definitely going to play KD. Um, I think James would. James Harden would have problem because you couldn't dominate the ball like that. More you dribble, the worse. I mean, you kill your team. It was like two or three dribbles the pass, not twelve dribbles. Keep dribbling.
2: Let me ask hey, you. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask you the opposite. Like, what players from your era do you think would be you know have success or even more success like playing in this style where it's like oh, free
1: open eighty percent. them. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's a, it's a flip flop.
2: <laughs> Is it flip flop?
1: No, I'm saying 20 percent of them. 80. Uh, so I mean, 80 couldn't play in our era, but 80 percent of us could play in their era. Mm-hmm.
2: Who do you feel? What 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 superstar player do you feel like would down other than Michael Jordan? But like, what superstar player in your time do you feel like would really really like shine and showcase
1: in all this of era? AI, um, I mean, all of them. I mean, you can all your you know just the wing guys. You know, the scores. I mean, they, I mean, it'll be easy to score. Because, you know, there's no help defense. Most guys, two dribbles, you're beating your guy, ain't no help. So they'd be, they'd be looking they'd be looking their fingers because it'd be like, you know, eating pork chops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, and it's funny, too, because you mentioned Mike in practice and how, you know, players pushed him to, like, just overall be better. But now I feel like a lot of players are buddy buddy, right? A yeah. lot of players are, are nice. Everyone wants to, you know, shake hands and, yeah. you know, the social media and all that stuff. So how do you feel? Like, what's your thoughts on just, like when it's game time, like we are competitors. Like, what, uh, what's your mindset towards that?
1: Well, I think it started in college. I mean, if I'm in college getting a fight with other team, uh, getting into one of them guys, I don't want to shake their hand. Not in the NBA. They shake a hand. Three guys, one guy falls. Four guys run to pick him up. Like, I mean, really, the flow still gonna be there, but it's just what they do now. They all, you know, AAU guys, and they used to playing together. You know, going eating dinner. So. It's a it's a big change.
2: That's why I would say it's more. It's kind of refreshing to see Giannis Anacupo. guys are like, yo, I don't, I can't be buddy buddy because he kind of brings that old school mentality, that old school feel back into this NBA.
1: He's doing his thing. I mean, I I was like skeptical because you know he couldn't make a jump shot, free throw, but after what he did last year, he won me over. You know, I was you know because I know even even like he he wouldn't have been a force back in the days. Would nice. or would not. Would
0: or would not.
1: He wouldn't have been in the force. Why is that? He would have struggled because they would make him two jump shots. And, and he, you know, it, it, he wasn't going to be doing no you up to the basket like he's doing you'll step to the basket and just get layup. No, somebody's going to knock his head off. Hmm. I mean, I'm, go go, I'm glad he's doing what he's doing now, but he definitely wouldn't. Have, he even come on the bench back in the days. <laughs> Yo,
2: come on. That's kind of heavy. I, come on. the, 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 all right, the, the first two time, time I was like, oh, the, maybe. maybe. Two time, mean, maybe... Two time MVP coming off the bench, Giannis? I don't yeah. know Giannis about that. Giannis has a six man that's kinda kinda uh, kinda heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the with his speed. I mean he's 6'10, 280 can run yeah, like a gazelle. He, yeah, yeah he and that's nothing too he well, that, well,
0: well, well, well he's, two, he's not skinny, two, skinny. You
1: know, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, muscle you know. though. He taking the protein mix. Yeah. Put some muscles on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, he would have had problems though. I mean, I mean they'll put a guy on him like and then he's he, he, he not a he's not a great dribble with the ball like KD. So he KD can still hit He still so He can still head. Who
2: who 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 who's guarding? Who's guarding Giannis during your time?
1: Well, if he playing, I'm guarding being power forward. In the next power forward. I mean, it didn't matter. But he wouldn't have been, you know, 50 and can't make a free throw, or jump shot. No, he'd be at the free throw line. Hmm.
0: Now, you know I mean, what? I, yeah. I, I, your, your answer just now. You one, you said I would be guarding, but two, you said power forward versus power forwards. And so that, yeah. My thing is, there's a lot of cross matchups that happen nowadays. So how do you feel about that? Right, like just we, like
1: we wouldn't be switching though. We don't switch. Yeah, we might tap the pick and roll, but we are not switching one on one. No, a two, a three, four. My thing, I would play anything three, five, three, four, and five. We you know, we might switch that, but we ain't switching no one and four or two. No, big can switch. Not big or small. No, that's that, you hurt your defense because they're breaking you down. They're gonna run right to the block. And you still got a double team, so why switch it?
2: Hmm. Yeah, paint mean, the, the paint pain was close yeah. too. So that makes sense. But still, I I still think Giannis would dominate. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Giannis would dominate. I think LeBron would dominate. I think Kevin Durant would dominate, Durant would dominate as well. well. Especially man, if you man. especially if you keep especially if you keep in what they No, especially I'm just saying especially if you keep what they do I could right
1: now, time and he can come back with me.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, there there's, there's a lot of
1: people that wish that. There's a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um but it's funny too, I think we mentioned a lot of front court players. I know you mentioned AI too. Um but nowadays when we talk about hand checking, right, dealing with the ball on the perimeter. So how do you think back court players as well what kind of deal with that? I mean, it
1: been the same way. I think um yeah I mean they was you know it, it wouldn't have been too much different I mean most teams I mean even though I know back in the days you know somebody had to win somebody had to lose but team was stacked I mean you know yeah. seven eight nine I mean good players like if it, like now if a guy can get hurt like the best player like said youngs got hurt for Milwaukee they might lose six, six out of eight games back in the old days, teams you know they skip a beat the next yeah. guy I was just like, okay, the other guy might have got twenty eight. I'm getting twenty five, so it basically, almost you know, it's a wash. You know, it's it's
2: crazy. It's crazy to say that because we saw that with the the goal. We saw you know Michael Jordan retire, and then Scottie Pippen was you know took that team right. almost they to were, the NBA finals. Were, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah so.
2: I, how do you feel about I mean, Scottie I mean,
1: Pippen? They, I mean, they had good chemistry though. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like when uh, Stephen Curry went out in Golden State for yeah. that. And then, and what's his name, Luke Walton, or no, whatever, he won like 40 out of 46 games. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes the playoffs, sometimes the coach, but in that case, Golden State, it's the playoffs.
2: Yeah. How do you feel about Scottie Pippen? I always get into debates with people when I talk about Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, because I always say, <laughs> my debate is, I think I think that Scottie Pippen was a top five player during your time when the Bulls went on those runs.
1: Oh, definitely, he's skilled. I mean, can play one through five. He's a problem. I mean, especially on defense and team. And you know, like he can guard. He can make the guard. That's like like him and Ron Hopper did against the Pacers in the series. But he's he's a problem because he can do a lot. Athletic, block shots, rebound. You know, okay shooter. But at the end of the night, you know, they said LeBron can't shoot, but he ended up with thirty-eight and eight or something like that. So. I ain't saying Scott is good as LeBron, but he's he's so in a, he, he's in the conversation.
2: Was he a top five player during that time, though? During those championship runs? Um, uh, I mean,
1: uh, I can put him top ten. I don't top know. He, he might have he might have a good yeah. Team. Eight, I think... 10. I ain't said top five. He's saying top five. Ain't saying okay. uh, top, top, yeah,
2: yeah. top five. Yeah, top five is tough. Uh-huh. I think it was tough. Yeah.
0: See, a top five is tough. I mean, it's you know. It's, it's tough to be, and that's a special group, right? That's a whole different tier uh, of players that you, that you I, mentioned. I said,
1: I said. Well, he I said team, so he had to be, you know, he, he top, yeah, he top, definitely top 10 player. Yeah. You know, Isaiah said he was a top five back in his era, but he didn't make the dream team. So. Well, well, yeah. why,
2: why, well yeah, that's yeah, what You know, politics that, are, you know. <laughs> Charles can Charles talk about it a little bit because he, he kind of talked about it in his book because it kind of like stemmed back from that 1985, like that kind of like beef between Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, like it's kind of started in that 1985 All
1: Star game. Yeah, they froze him out, and they you know they seen they seen some like say you look down the road, you look twice, you thought just you saw something, they just really see it. That's what they saw Michael Jordan when he's coming to the league, and they try to freeze him out, and you know they say he was the main leader, and, um, and he, he, he trying to say he never did, but. We, we found that we found out. So then he tried to say MJ was the one that he went on the dream team. Your own coach. coaches always going to pick one of these players if you, if you all-star and, and Chuck Daly didn't pick him. But, you know, I don't know. He keep crying about it, but it ain't going to change. Michael ain't going to speak to him. Don't want to be around him. And then they beat him in that game six. It, and um, he tried to sneak around BL beer and walk up the court. They want to shake the man's hand. So why you want to, why, why you want to be his friend? I mean, so he don't
0: want to be your friend. <laughs> I mean, that's a fact. I mean, even like, it's it's crazy because a moment like that, you know, it's been years since that moment, but I still feel like it's had a huge impact over all the overall landscape of the league. You know, like, because talent-wise, you know, Isaiah was definitely like that. But think, just yeah. sometimes, I, I, you know. I don't, I ain't never saying yeah. talent. Right, 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 right. I'm just saying like in general, like yeah. politics and all, and everything yeah. can play a huge factor in a lot of this stuff. I think, I think, I mean, Yeah. Uh,
1: I can say I had a decent number many years in the East, you know, all-star votes came up. They was pick they picked the ones that they liked. They picked the you know, the McHale, the all them, you know. I know Barkley had more talent than me, but I mean, sometimes you should pick the guy according to what he's doing for the team. Like I I like when they said, if you're on a losing team, you should be on an all-star. It's just simple as that. Pick the guys on the winning team. That would give a guy a hardworking guy might make it, but you always gonna just pick up, you know, like I said this year, um, a team 19 and 32, but he having 28 points. I mean, okay, but the 28 points ain't moving it either. The team ain't, you know, so don't grant, don't award him, award the man who uh, 35 and 10 or 42 and eight. It may have three guys, but at least they showing up every night, the fans coming out enjoying the game.
0: You know, I'm, I'm glad you respect winning. I really, I really, really do. Because huh? there's some, I'm glad you respect winning when it comes to all-star voting because there's some people on this podcast, I won't say any names, but there's some people <laughs> that don't really believe in winning. They think it's just like, oh, you know,
2: That's not it's true. not really a
0: factor. It's just. No,
2: I, I agree with Charles saying, but also at the same time, if you, I also have to put some accountability on the organizations. Like a guy, I always bring up Devin Booker. I bring up Zach Levine. Putting up numbers, going crazy. They didn't have the team aspect around them but it's just kind of like they didn't get like nominated to the All-Star game because of that. Now they're winning, they're dominating, and then like you said, Charles, like Devin Booker can't even be in the MVP conversation. So it's like it's like you said, they kind of always pick and choose who they like and who they don't All like. Right.
1: Well, they basically want somebody in the global market anyway. You think about Giannis and Luke, you know, who have won, I mean, Joker and endeavor the last three years. I mean, it's been someone outside the U.S. who won uh, the MVP. So it's all about branding for the league. The more they can brand them guys. And then when San Antonio had all the Europeans, you know, so, I mean, it is it is what it, like when Nash won over Shaq. Nash should have never won an MVP that year. Shaq should have won it, But he's from Canada. He from, he's, you know, he's from Canada. And they, they was in that market. And you see what happened. You know, they got a team over there. Vince Sanity. You get, you know, at least, at least 15 playoffs in the league from now from Canada.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the league definitely has its favorites, and I know people won't, you know, say that out loud, but it, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, but yeah. it's definitely a thing. Uh, but before we let you go, Charles, man, if you don't mind, obviously, just you know, give us one final word or just another tidbit um about your overall book, The Last Enforcer. Uh,
1: it's a book. It's an amazing book. Michael Jordan did the forward. Uh, got a lot of a lot in the book about my grandfather. He was a cornerstone of the family. How he made everything go. I copy his mold, uh, uh, being physical, being tough minded, growing up and just, uh, you know, just good, easy reading book. Just I'm not going to let you down. The consistency in me and my life. and This is how this book is all the way through it. 269 pages to 70 pages. So uh, you got to go out and get it. Amazon, book, uh, Barnes and Noble. You can Google it if you can't find that. I'm not. Just keep trying Facts. all right
0: y'all again appreciate you again for being on the show um the last and four see y'all make sure y'all go check it out all right appreciate you again man thank you
1: thank you